This is Jamie Rennell, reading from Atlas Obscura. Sydney's Jazz Age Criminal Queens Ruled the Streets with Razors by Naomi Russo In the 1920s, Australia was under the domain of British King George V. But on the streets of Sydney, two female monarchs ruled the people. Tilly Devine, the Queen of Waterloo, and Kate Lee, the Queen of Surrey Hills, were at the head of two razor gangs that terrorized the city and took trouble with them wherever they went. Before life threw them together, Devine and Lee were both busy preparing themselves for careers in crime. Tilly Devine had started life as Matilda Twiss, becoming a sex worker on the streets of England as a young teen. It was in London, in 1917, that she met an Australian serviceman, Jim Devine, and took the name she would come to be known for. After Jim moved back to Australia in 1919, Tilly followed, continuing her work in Australia. Prostitution was a dangerous day job, however, and Tilly racked up 79 convictions in just five years. None of these convictions had resulted in serious penalty until early 1925, when she received two years jail for wounding a man named Sidney Cork with a razor. Cork recounted the events to the police, attesting, She said, There he is, the bastard, rushed at me and swung her arm, and I felt a sting in my hand, and when I looked at it, the blood squirted in my face. For her actions, Tilly Devine became known as the worst woman in Sydney. Her time in the state reformatory did turn her life around, but not in the way the state might have hoped. With the hope of being safer and making more money, Devine moved on from prostitution to become a madam. Meanwhile, another queen was being crowned in a different part of Sydney. Kate Lee was Australian-born, the eighth child in a family that had neglected her throughout her early years. At 13, she had become pregnant and then married two years later. The marriage gave her the last name she kept for life, but it lasted only for a few years. Lee was a petty criminal before becoming a madam, sly grog seller, and the head of her own gang. A little more street smart, perhaps, than divine, she was rarely convicted of the violence she was almost certainly taking part in. It was the introduction of several vice-quashing laws that made these women's criminal careers thrive. Street prostitution was prohibited in 1905 in the southeast Australian state of New South Wales, making sex workers move towards brothels in greater numbers. That same law, however, only stated that men could not benefit financially from the sale of female sex work. This left a loophole for madams and presented an opportunity for both Lee and Divine. Lee, for one, had further criminal aspirations. Between 1906 and 1927, three laws were passed that dampened legal recreational activities, banning the sale of cocaine by chemists, criminalizing off-course horse betting, and mandating early closure of bars. But people still wanted to drink, bet, and snort coke. Lee was there to help, peddling alcohol in over 20 slygrog establishments, offering illegal betting and selling coke on the streets via women masquerading as prostitutes. The two women collected men and women around them to create gangs that helped run their businesses, provide protection, and sell their product. They were to become known as razor gangs for their weapons of choice. In 1927, the NSW Parliament legislated against concealed firearms, enforcing serious punishments on those carrying pistols or handguns. Razors, cheap and easily purchasable, became the weapon du jour for Sydney gangs. Violence between the gangs was at a head in the 1920s, with a personal enmity growing between the two ladies. Their henchmen would often attack one another if they saw each other in the street, 
and Lee and Divine would send their people to trash each other's brothels and grog shops. Afterwards, they'd tattle on each other to the police. The ladies were not above violence themselves. In 1929, the Canberra Times reported that Divine had an altercation with one of Lee's friends, Vera Lewis. The paper added that Lewis alleged that Divine scratched her, and getting her teeth on her little finger would not let go until the police intervened. Despite her violent ways, Divine's life was going well. She'd made substantial investments in real estate and became known for her finery, Pomeranians, and fabulous parties. Lee, too, was famous for her fur and diamonds, financed by her thriving grog trade. The money, allegedly, was not all going to herself, however. After Lee ended up back in court for more criminal behavior, the barrier miner reported on a softer side of the Sydney Queen, commenting that a detective who followed her one day found her bound on a noble errand of supplying food to unemployed. She may have been.